0: Welcome back to the Healing Process Podcast and part two of my interview with Tammy Martin. I'm your host, Nathan Sellers. I'm an LCSW with a passion for helping people heal, grow, and become the best version of themselves. Continue listening as we learn from Tammy as she continues her healing process. Okay. Full experience. Now, how, how did that help you to now start that healing process of like, okay, you've now lost your husband?
1: I knew for myself at that moment that he was there, that something was there. I don't know. Is it a spirit or is it energy? I still don't know what to call it, but it's something. And I've, I've learned through my job being around hundreds if not thousands of recently deceased people there's something that animates the body there's there's something that that releases as a, at that moment and I got to experience that yeah. so yeah when people talk about having a person with you all the time or life after death that's what it was to me is that moment of energy. And if it could happen at that moment, what who's to say it can't happen again, or Mm -hmm. that that piece of energy isn't constantly with me. Right. And, you know, I have studied all the science and physics and everything. I I know that you can't create it or destroy matter and energy. Mm -hmm. Um, so, whatever that was, it's still here, yeah. and that was really helpful. um Another thing that really helped in that process was me being able to um, bring a lot of people into it with me and feel like I had um a community, you know a village of people mm-hmm. that were feeling this whole process with me. I didn't feel so alone, yeah, so um you know, blogging, writing, that was, that was huge.
0: Well, you did a lot of blogging um, while Bryce was going through the whole process of, of cancer and, and all that kind of stuff. And you actually got a lot of hate in that on the front end until you turned it off. Right. Like I did, that had to have been really hard too.
1: People are weird.
0: (laughs) People are mean. Yeah.
1: People are mean. Yeah. There was a lot. Of, uh like when people caught wind of um any sort of religious terminology in there like you know there was a bishop who came over people started writing oh great there's one less Mormon on this planet like why don't you why don't you die faster yeah so yeah there was some there were some weirdness and then after he died a lot of that kind of came up again like the people who Read what I had to say and were emotionally invested in it. Suddenly, the story was over, and people can't handle that. Right. So there were a lot of messages that I received, like "What you're leaving is hanging." Right. There's chapter two. What happened to Tammy? You know, like, yeah. I, but I'm, I was done. Yeah. Um, sound like noise to me. Right after he died, was too much,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. I, I didn't talk. I didn't have much to say for a while. There were a few people that I that I talked to, but for the most part, I was silent. In fact, I thought my daughter would uh, not develop properly because I wasn't talking to her. But I needed not perfect silence, and I needed something to to keep my mind off of perfect silence. But I, you know, no music. I didn't want to hear a TV. I didn't want to hear people talking. I didn't want to be the one talking, but that was, I don't know if that's normal for people, but, um, I needed silence.
0: And and space.
1: And space. And that included the Mm -hmm. blog. You know, people Mm -hmm. were offering to come sleep over at my house, like my mom and my sisters, they wanted to come and and spend the night with me. So I didn't have to be alone. Mm -hmm. No, I, I needed to isolate. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when you lose somebody that important to you, um, one of the biggest fears is, will that person be forgotten? And will everybody forget what we went through? Because, um, you know, it's it's all consuming. I remember walking out of the hospital, you know, a few hours after he died, and the sun was out. And people were walking by, like smiling and chatting and cars were driving and there were birds. And I was so just like overwhelmed with almost disgust.
0: Yeah. Don't you know that my world just came to an end? How can you be living? Yeah,
1: My world just collapsed. How can you be smiling? in having ice cream, you know, don't you know? Um, So there was probably a lot of that happening. And then that fear that people were going to quickly forget what all of this meant, um, who he is, who he was, what we meant to people. You know, there's a circus at first, and then there's the silence uh, that kind of matched what, what I was putting out there. Um, just a heavy blanket where everybody sort of goes back to their daily life and um, you know, everything's okay in their world and my circus is over. That's, that's how that, that blog felt. Um, but there were a few things that that picked me up and showed me that people didn't forget. It's um, not surprising in the least that um, one of the most important people and most instrumental in me moving through this is the person right now who wants to hear the story anyone who isn't aware um it it was not very long after bryce's death that a another blog popped up and this blog was called 100 days of love and you owned it you created this and um The, the goal was to have people who, not even from my world, but any world, um, do something, um, selfless for Bryce and, you know what, for anyone, but to honor that 100 days that he, he pushed on through this and to, really like put that positive energy back into the world in just gratitude for the people that showed us so much love and compassion during those 100 days. And I would get up every morning. There was no getting up. I was up around the clock, but I was checking in on that, that blog constantly to see what people were doing and to see that, you know, his, disease and his death wasn't um completely without a silver lining in some way so that that to me was huge that was his memory yeah
0: and that's such a common part of healing giving giving the hard things in our life purpose and meaning afterwards Mm -hmm. like i just remember like i was so struck in his funeral of just that like what that would have been like for you to like diagnosis to death being like a hundred days and how hard that was, but just like how awesome he was. Yeah. And and what he lived for. And to say, okay, we've got to memorialize this. We've got to give this pain and heartache that we're feeling meaning by spreading that love as far as we can.
1: And it was, it spread. I mean, there were people jumping on board that people I'd never met um, who just kind of took it and run with, ran with it. And it was, it let me know that no, this wasn't over. We're, we're still here. We're still making a difference and are still, you know, he is still continuing to impact people.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, that was, thank you.
0: yeah that was my pleasure
1: you you did a lot so yeah bryce was a huge person his personality was what was immense um physically and he was almost six foot five Mm -mm. and just giant and you know had just that love and generosity and empathy to match that huge body so um, having people show up in big ways and say, you know, he, w- he was big. I want to do something big for him. Made me feel good. You know, like mm. ah, you, you know, him, you get it. Yeah. In fact, his, his headstone says larger than life. He chose joy. Beautiful. Yep. That sums up a lot of who he was to me. Yeah. Um, just that, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Um his the very last thing he said to me was we're killing cancer. Yeah. So I mean just always optimistic. Like we got this. Um I I hung on to that. And there's there's something interesting that happens when at least for me. I can't mm-hmm. say this is for everyone. Kind of your your thinking changes when going through this where smaller things cease to matter mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier to pick your battles and decide you know what's going to take the energy that you have left life for me became a lot more peaceful because little things just ah uh, this is nothing I've have seen it I've seen big stuff this is nothing we can get through this and that stayed with me for years in fact I still I'm still... Pretty calm most of the time, and understand what what battles to choose, which is really helpful when you have teenagers.
0: <laughs> so you're saying like not only did I mean this process like learning what's important and not and not important, not only help mm-hmm. you through the grief of losing Bryce, but also helped you grow. As a person to be able to manage life. Absolutely. Let's put things in perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. You learn really what matters. Yeah. People matter. Yeah. And there are things we can't control. And with that, it's like, not, it's all good, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we, we really can't worry about those things. It was the next year after he passed away that I went to a conference for work
0: mm-hmm.
1: and had to travel. So I had to leave my baby. But was not happy about that. She was one. Yeah. One and a half and grudgingly went to this, this conference and it was a, a class that my people from my company went to people from a lot of other companies It was a Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. How to win friends and influence people
0: Mm -hmm.
1: seminar. And I know these things happen all over the planet all the time. Um, Usually it's like a 12 week course. People go for a few hours once a week and end up graduating from this course. This is what I was forced to do for work. And um, that is where I met Britain and just a another just cool guy. I like running into cool people. When this meeting opened, we all had to give up and give a, a speech, a two-minute speech on whatever we wanted. We we're going to learn how to hone and tweak our, our public speaking and presentation skills. So people got up and talked about uh, maybe the upcoming election or their car or making it through TSA without having to take your shoes off. I got up and said, I buried my husband last year. That, dot that, that, you know, mm-hmm. and had this whole class of people like, oh, okay. oh boy. And I like to tease Britain and go, you know, what about that turned you on? That's just so weird. <laughs> but um I think there was just something in being so vulnerable and raw and not looking for anything I just went in to check this off my list but also be open to this this experience and you know better myself and we ended up just sitting after class with a group of people just talking and you know he was funny made me laugh. And he had a, a very, uh, relaxing and joyful, uh, just like aura personality. Yeah. yeah. And so we kept in touch via email after that class and led to some phone calls. And by the end of that next year, we were like, let's do it. Like what you got on the schedule for next month? And um, there's something to having a long distance relationship where all you have is, you know, like you have these words
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and got to know each other really well. And at that point in my life, um, there were the whole idea of playing a game and like, you know, the whole wooing portion of starting a relationship. No, sounds awful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I have looked hell right in the eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. This is nothing. So there will be no games. If you're asking what I truly mean when I say I don't care, or sure it's fine, I really mean that. You just kind of give up on platitudes, um, platitudes, and just like not being real. Yeah. For me, it's 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 about just being real mm. and engaged.
0: Yeah. No pun intended.
1: Yeah. And he he's an incredible person who has never once felt like he was being compared to someone else. And that was big for me. Yeah. Um yeah cuz he he moved into a house that Bryce and I lived in for a long time. There's still pictures and things and um I I know I moved forward with Britain quickly. you know, a lot of people have their idea of what a, a grieving time frame should look like. Um, but I learned there's no such thing. And so that long year for me was enough to know that I need people with me. I need that person. I need to yeah. feel that that connection, that love, that warmth, you know, right there with me. And he was that person.
0: And that's a, like, that's a healing piece as well, right? Like human connection is one just in general, like a, an important part of healing, but it, it that, that companionship, that partnership mm-hmm. is such an important piece of feeling. Yeah.
1: And I, I hear a lot, we all hear a lot like, well, you can't fully be with another person until you're okay being, By yourself right you've got to be okay with being alone before you can be with another person for me that's not the case (laughs) i'm a pack animal you got to have my people yeah so and then experiencing firsthand that nothing is given time isn't given um you know any of us could could not exist in two hours And with my, my career, that is what everybody wakes up not understanding is that, um, you know, it's not a given whether we're going to be here later. So you want those moments, those hours spent with people that make you happy and people that you love. And I didn't want to waste any more of those minutes because I didn't know how many more we had left so time becomes extremely precious and spending the time that you have doing things that are comforting yeah um you know bring you peace so yeah people's opinions about you know time and grieving didn't affect me at all just like if you've if you've been in the situation you'll understand um that we i don't want to waste a moment
0: yeah and I think that that's the key here one of the things that you learned from this whole process and this is important that you i mean i think it speaks to who you are is that you learned from this terrible horrible experience and not just like grieved it but like you said okay time is more valuable people are more valuable like you you mm-hmm. you, you learn to value the things that were the most important, and then did something about it, right? You didn't yeah. just sit back and say, "Yeah, hey, I learned that people are more important, and I learned that time is more important." You just did it, mm-hmm. and and stopped worrying about what the judgments of other people are in those moments because they don't know, right? like they're they not you.
1: And I just over life experience with, you know, opportunities to feel like I, all eyes are on me. Whether they were or not, I, I realize that in most cases they're not. Um, but, you know, growing up, having that sort of religious dissonance, um, you know, going through a divorce at a pretty young age, feeling like, um, am I like the only player on the stage right now? all of those experiences kind of helped to show me that nobody really is watching or cares. So I should do the best thing for me. Um, the things that bring me joy and happiness and peace. And not worry about what people are thinking.
0: And I think applying that was probably a, a pretty integral part of you in your moving forward and healing even more. On a variety of levels, yeah. not just like, you know, the whole thing with your first husband and the, the grief of of losing Bryce, but like the religious component, right? Mm-hmm. And and your relationships with people who wanted you to be in their religion, but you're like, I, no, I can't. But to be able to still recognize and, and reconcile, like, actually, these these people still matter to me. And I still love them, yeah. despite this dissonance that we have. With each other. Yep. Yep.
1: So I've been to a lot of funerals. I've been, you know, drawn to people who are going through this and wanted to help them through this. And kind of picked certain people who I saw going through similar things and kind of jumped into helping them like other people helped me. And that was a, uh-huh. that was really helpful for me also was yeah. to sort of pay it forward. Yeah. You know, put all of that compassion that people showed me back into the universe. So, um,
0: it's amazing how, um, uh, service is like a, it's like a buffer from self pity.
1: Yeah. 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 You can't go wrong. You can't sit in, uh, like dwell on, all of this negativity when you're when you're bringing hope, yeah, to someone else.
0: Yeah, it fills you both up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And one thing that's maybe harder for some people to learn, I see it all over the place, but is the ability to accept that compassion and to accept the service of others. You know, even right down to a, a compliment. You know, like you look great today. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I think 15, 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, eh, yeah, okay, well, maybe. But yeah, you you didn't see the other side of my head. No, I learned. (laughs) I learned to accept what people were putting out there, whether it is a compliment or an act of service or, you know, offers anything you need for me like actually yes Hmm. um i would like just to talk to you for a half hour or let's run down to starbucks um but being open to receiving that
0: that's beautiful like that's i mean that's really beautiful like that what you're what i'm hearing you say is this that concept of in order to really heal your heart you have to open it up to receive love. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be fully willing yep. to accept love. Period. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, have seen that in you, right? Like I, you know, I hear people give you comments, compliments and you're just like, yeah, thank you. Right. Like I see that in you. And it's, <laughs> it's beautiful.
1: Thank you. I, I knew when I lost Bryce that, you know, I went out on top. I did everything humanly possible, physically possible, scientifically possible to save him. There was nothing left we could do, but I put everything in there and also knew that when, when he died, he loved me and I loved him. We had a great, just amazing friendship and a fantastic relationship, which I, I didn't have that with going through that divorce I did not walk out on top. <laughs> I walked out crushed in a lot of ways with this one. I walked out stronger and with meeting Britain. Um, it's very natural when you've been in a fantastic relationship to want to have that same thing and to know how to do it well. So I knew how to be a partner. I knew how to be a a good partner and how to receive love and to just be with someone without wondering, you know, what are they really thinking? What are they really doing? I, I didn't carry any of that baggage with me, I don't think, but just, you know, open to, to honesty and just that true friendship that having a, a partner brings, I craved that. I knew I was good at it. And so it was just natural that when I met Britain in the right circumstance, just be me. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anything I needed to change. And if you recall, I was told very strictly that when the right person was put in my path, I was not to be stubborn. I've,
0: I've, <laughs> I've Yeah, I've thought about that since you mentioned that.
1: There were, there are a lot of times and it still happens where it's like, did you do that?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, just
0: when that, that, yeah, (laughs) that energy, that energy you said, like, Hey, it's still there. It's always going to be there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I believe that, and this is going to sound weird, but sometimes the truth doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's really like, what does the effect of believing have on your life? And. And there's real power in that to to believe that Bryce has given you this gift of a husband, which is kind of mm-hmm. a weird thing to say. But he's given you this gift of a husband, allows that love to grow even bigger and, and heal little pieces of like angst that might even come up throughout your life of just like, he's still there.
1: Yeah, it's he's he is still there there been kind of you know weird things that have happened that sometimes you go did you, did you do that i i don't know i don't know how to science this yeah. away so yeah whether it is true doesn't matter it's very real to me and i've i know people who have you know been married where their spouse or a significant other goes through a horrible you know, disease process and ends up passing away and they have the luxury of having the conversations. Like what's, what do I need from you? then it comes right down to it. What we need from somebody that we love is to know that they're happy and that they can find peace and joy. And I'm, I'm grateful for, um, you know, Bryce's just attitude of, you know, it's all good. Look for, you know, the positive aspects of this, um, where I, yeah, I love you. I want you to be happy. I want our, our daughter to be happy. So even if he hadn't said the words, I, I think I would know that ultimately this is what he would have wanted and it's okay. But, um, yeah, for those friends that have been through that similar issues, their significant other, their partner, their partners have said very similar things and kind of given them that permission to be okay. Um, I also know a lot of people who have lost somebody instantly, suddenly, and they have, they did not have a chance to have that conversation. And there's a lot of guilt. I think there's a lot of, you know, the things that were never said, the conversations you never have, or even, you know, just the, the dumb things we say, where we don't really mean it like, okay, if I ever die, I want you to grieve me for the rest of your life. I want you to, yeah. you know, dress in all black. And if you ever get married again, I'm going to haunt her. Like th- those things actually can.
0: They're so uh, damaging.
1: Impact. Uh-huh. It's, it's
0: not rooted in love. The impact. It's rooted in selfishness.
1: Mm-mm. It is. And it's a, uh, it's sad because i do have friends that are going through that as well yeah. where they they feel guilt and are unable to sort of like release that and enjoy the moment yeah. and enjoy like companionship with someone right. again so and also worried about what other people think
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's that's a that's a mm-hmm. tough one so i've told britton that, that you know when i when i die he is to Turned me into a diamond and uh, proposed to his next wife with with me in that ring and then let her know like five years later, oh, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Tammy's been yeah. here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: funny. <laughs>
1: we, it, it's something that's kind of easy for me to joke about and talk yeah. about because, you know, it's just a normal part of yeah. life to yeah. me. But saying the word death doesn't, doesn't affect me. So that is what happened.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. Tammy, like you, you're an amazing person. You know, you, you've been through so much. And uh, to see you here, you know, for listeners, you can't see your big smiling face. Uh, uh, you're You're just remarkable.
1: Oh, thank you. So are you. I love you.
0: Oh, thank you. So what else has been a a key component of your healing process?
1: Understanding that I can do it wrong. There are a lot of things that I've done wrong in this whole thing. And I'm, I'm willing to learn. One thing that this was unintended, but I wanted... Britain, who's alive in here and now to feel like he's number one and our life together is the most important thing to to me and so to um in my effort to honor that I pulled down pieces of my life with Bryce so like maybe put pictures in a closet not all of them but But a lot of them, we didn't talk about him as much as I could have, thinking that that was making my life with Britain maybe less threatening in a way to him, even though he never felt threatened or had made comments about it. I just felt like I would be honoring him better by, you know, making this hour. Space, yeah. so maybe kind of stuffing what you know, who Bryce was in our life, kind of stuffing that away a little bit, mm-hmm. and I didn't know any better. I mm-hmm. didn't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I just you know wanted this to feel like to to Britain. You know this this is our home. This is my home, and. So one day after, um, Danny, our daughter went to you know, Bryce's daughter, Bryce. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Britain adopted her.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And, um, so now she has two dads. She
0: mm-hmm. likes
1: to say, yeah, two dads. So our, our daughter, the three of us <laughs> went off to school. She was probably in third grade, I would say. Second or third grade. So about eight. Um, I went into her room. And found a notebook under her bed. Just a spiral notebook. And I opened it up. And I saw some drawings. And there was a drawing of a woman and a man. And the man was holding a baby. And it was very obvious who the man was. Um, Just this massive human and then you know a lady with red hair and and he's holding a baby and there was a big x drawn over him and
0: yeah
1: uh, i had to sit and, and look at that and think about it and then i went i showed it to britain um not really not really knowing what he'd think of it yeah um And later that night, Britton took that notebook into Danny's room and sat down with her. And I was kind of hovering outside, outside the bedroom. Like, I didn't know he was going to talk to her about this. But he said, is this Daddy Bryce? She was kind of side-eyed him. And he said, I just want you to know that he and I are buddies. Like, he's one of my best buddies. You know why? Because he shared me, he shared you with me and your mom with me and only best buddies would, would share their family like that. And he said, I, I just, I want you to talk to to me about him. I want you to, I want you to uh, know that he's, he's here and he's part of our family. And so, of course, I'm outside the bedroom, like you know, bawling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then Britain started sharing some stories that he had about him, and um, it sort of like made it okay. Like, oh,
0: that feels like a linchpin. Yeah, like that. It that made it okay. that. Fact, yeah, he like for you to like you know, that tension of like I love Bryce, I love Britain, and Oh, and I love my daughter, and uh, but to have Britain say that is like mm-hmm. this. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I can be whole.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to hide. I don't have to go and like you know, turn on the tub and cry, and yeah. and pretend like it's okay. Um. It it was that was huge, and. It was very real because there, there are still times. Currently, it's been several years. We're all here chatting <laughs> and like going to the backyard. And Britain's sitting there. He's got you know a glass of something, and he's just you know peacefully sitting out there, going, hey, you know, hey big guy. So here's what's been going on. Uh, uh, you know the kids are good. Danny's been doing this we miss you we love you can't wait to play around a round of golf with you um they just they just chat awesome yeah and there were also times like where i was traveling for work and it was um bryce's birthday and i would get you know my sister would send me a picture of bryce's grave where there's a bouquet of flowers and a picture that the kids drew. Like, Britain went up there with the kids to take flowers and leave presents. Like this is this is stuff that he d- does on his own um, to honor Bryce and honor what he means to our family. That he is a very big part of it. And I mean, how do you teach that to someone? Yeah. He he'd never really gone through. Loss. i mean this is just something inherent in him that's incredible
0: well i just keep i there's two things that just keep coming to my mind as you're sharing this is just one like what, what bryce told to you i will i will pick someone out that will be there for you yeah but then i mean because of that like just britain is such a gift of a man and what he what he's doing is these incredible acts of love for you mm-hmm. that have allowed you to feel whole, to feel loved, to feel complete, to not feel these absences or losses as if they're um, taken away from, from you, mm-hmm. but to to be able to accept them as something that happened as a part of life that are not detrimental to the rest of your life. And that's so awesome.
1: It is awesome. We stayed in Bryce's family. So his, his family embraced and loved Britain Mm. immediately. And, you know, we're still going to Sunday dinners and holidays and so it wasn't, you know, we lost Bryce, but we didn't lose the family. And that was, you know, that's something where in like a divorce. Right. You you lose, you lose everything. That yeah. community. Yeah. You know, people feel like they have to pick sides and mm-hmm. you lose their family as well as them. Um, you know, it sounds it's it's not cool to compare the two, but just in my own. Journey going through this; those were some big things that I I don't think I was prepared for. Um, mm-hmm. To to still be part of that family, and you know, be be able to bring Britain in, and he's loved and treated like family. It's a big deal.
0: Yeah, well, it's just that love and acceptance that just keeps pouring into, you know, your your cup. You know, to keep mm-hmm. to keep that. You know, healing that you've that you've done, just very alive and well. Yeah, so beautiful. I abs. I just love your story. I love it <laughs> as much as like. Who would ever want to live through that again? Right? Like nobody. No. I th- think it's just a beautiful picture of of what life can be, despite the hard, the really like gut wrenching. Picking the teeth, kind of hard. Yet there still can be beauty and love and peace and wholeness amidst loss and and ugliness.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really ultimately, you know, we get to decide how we're shaped by these experiences. Would it be easier to hide out and just be angry? well no not for me <laughs> i i don't i don't like that um i need to feel like each day is movement I'm not i'm not good with stagnation so movement towards something yeah. and purpose yeah you got got to have purpose and whether that's you know just being present um you know it's hard to do with jobs and life and how everything kind of and it works to take you out of the loop for a while. <laughs> but ultimately remembering that that movement and finding purpose and spending time with those people that need you and love you is really what's the most important thing. And I know a lot of people would talk about having, you know, bringing religion into it. A lot of people wondered you know, how did I, you know, did this bring you closer to God? Did this, yeah. um, you know, how did you do this without religion? Mm-hmm. For me, his death and, you know, kind of across the board, death and life seemed to be more universal with that passage of energy and seeing people honor him And kind of, you know, spread that joy and, you know, finding Britain, it just kind of feels like this joy, this happiness, this hope isn't limited to a belief system.
0: Right. This is something
1: that applies across the board. And whether you're religious, you know, whether you're not, um, it doesn't matter we're all open to that energy Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: deciding how that energy is going to flow in and out, whether it's negative energy or positive energy, it doesn't select based on a belief system. Like you said before, you know, it doesn't matter what truth is. It's true to you. Yeah. So what has been true to me is seeing people at their most vulnerable and how they're, how they Behave in that moment. Is are they behaving in a loving way, in a compassionate way? That seems to be a universal truth to me.
0: Yes, yes, and that the 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 key cornerstone of truth, you know, if you want to call it that, is love and Mm -hmm. kindness. Yep, because that's. I mean, as I've listened to your story, I mean, love and kindness was always the integral part of healing. Yes. Both from others towards you, but also from you towards others, but even most importantly, towards yourself. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's just beautiful. Yeah. Tammy, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, yeah. Thank thank you. you. Yeah.
1: This has been healing. I I love being able to, to tell the story and to remember him. And, um, you know, every time I get to tell the story, I feel like I'm kind of bringing him back just a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, no, nobody wants that memory to go away. No. So this is, this is nice. Can I give one piece of advice to anyone Please. who is going to, everybody's going to go through this. Everybody's going to grieve. This is something that I I like to tell people when they are ready to attend the funeral of a loved one. This is something I wish I had done. And I saw somebody do it for another person right after Bryce died. And I thought this was the most amazing thing. So walked in. With Bryce, with the with the casket and the the room, you know, the church where this funeral was had we had we had the funeral was was packed, and you know, there's a very somber procession in where the family comes in and they fill that space. I wish I had just stood there and looked at everybody. There there was one moment where somebody said, just will you just turn around and look at all the people who were here because of you. It's their love for you. And so I I stood and looked around for a minute, but I wish I had taken more time to do that. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. I think funerals are I mean funerals are a bummer <laughs> for
0: sure. They can be, yeah. But
1: yeah, but it's it's for the people who have not not just for the people who have lost a loved one, but all the people who have taken the time to show up, I think, need that connection, you know, just to lock eyes with someone and just mm-hmm. like you. You're here. For, I see you. Yeah. Um, but just to like take it all in and feel the love that all those people were just like <sighs> showering on us.
0: It goes back to that, that principle that we were talking about of you have to open your heart mm-hmm. to receive love, to be completely willing to receive love. And in doing so, it allows you to give it back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. but just stand up, gather, take it all in and find your, your community, find your village. They're all here for you. Those are your people. And, you know, as awkward as it might feel, just do it. If, if you are faced with this horrible situation, we all will be take that moment, stand up and just feel it, you know, gather all those love bombs that people are throwing at you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that you're my cousin. So I get to keep talking to you and, and everything like that. Cause, uh, yeah, cause you're special. Thank you. Uh, Thanks. and I, I look forward to, to more conversations with you. Absolutely. I'm still impressed with the lessons that I've learned from Tammy, her positivity, her optimism and the things that she's taken the time to learn from her experience. I hope you've learned from her experience as well, that you can take the time to see the good in others, to judge less, to love more, and to be optimistic and positive about your future. I hope you can see what matters and what doesn't matter. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. I hope you've been able to gain insights into your own healing process and how you can help others and theirs. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and, and share it with others you think might benefit from what you've learned. I look forward to having you back on future episodes.